This podcast is not suitable for work. If you're under the age of 18, kindly and with all due respect, get the fuck out. I mean it. Go on. Bye-bye. Mm-mm. See you later. This isn't for you. Nope. Mm-mm. America has a strange relationship with sex. We're obsessed with it, but it terrifies us. We censor it because it's constantly being shoved down our throats. But our dirty little secret is we like things shoved down our throats, especially when we're in bondage or we're wearing leather or being slapped around a little bit. And, oh, <clears throat> I'm Sunny Megatron. Join Ken Melvoinberg and I as we explore, dissect, and demystify American sex. Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness, American Sex, with Ken Melvoin Berg and Sonny Megatron. Hi, American Sexonians. I thought it was American fuckers. Oh, now it's American. (laughs) He just told me. Oh, you are such an asshole. He just told me. What are you talking about? We recorded. Are you you crazy? He's gaslighting me. So we recorded an intro. Shut up. Stop, like gaslighting stop, stop. We recorded an intro and I was like, hey, American <laughs> fuckers. And he was like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And now he's acting like it's his idea. You're being a white man again. <laughs> Look, it's my idea. <laughs> also, though, Ken informed me before we turned on the microphone that he... I accidentally consumed a cherry cannabis gummy accidentally it's like you it just fell you... onto my tongue <laughs> just slid i had right to down. chew it 20 or 30 times and then i accidentally swallowed it mm-hmm. okay so yeah we just were on uh instagram tv by the way have well, you that's what igtv is i'm like oh, insta gardens television oh, jesus like, yeah instagram I'm tv grandpa he is Instagrampa. He doesn't know how it works. Okay, can I, can I change my name on the Instagram to make it Instagrampa? I don't know. That's a good question. Instagramma has no idea, so I, we'll we'll find out. Anyway, so I was explaining to Instagrampa about Instagram TV. So it's IGTV. A couple days ago, went into my app, and there's a new icon. And Instagram now has another part of the app that you can either access through Instagram. Or get it separately in a standalone app called IGTV that is like YouTube. You can have videos. Well, some people can have videos up to an hour. Larger accounts can. We can go up to 10 minutes. However, remember a few weeks ago when I was like, hey, everyone, follow me on Instagram because, uh, you know, we get benefits if we become a larger account and have over 10,000 followers. And we're at like seven, almost 8,000, I think. Um, Follow me there because I can do videos longer than 10 minutes now, too. And we get other benefits like being able to put hyperlinks in our stories and stuff that'll help our business because Sesta Fosta is a bitch and we've been having a hard time. So yeah, come visit us on Instagram TV or me, Sunny Megatron. Do you have a channel yet, Ken? Or Instagram Pa, I mean, because you're Instagram Pa? I don't know if I have a channel. I have a profile. Did you make an Instagram TV profile or channel? I mean, no. Okay, I will show you how to do that. So I've had a pretty Instagram week. I, I think I had an, an achievement unlock yesterday. Oh God, you did! Um, I'm I'm officially an old man. If I wasn't an old man before, I definitely am now. 
uh, I, I went around and I was looking for my eyeglasses for two hours. Yeah. And he was going around going, man, I have my other pair of glasses. They're the clear ones. I, I thought I put them down when I was over here. Can you look around here? Maybe I went upstairs and left them there. And we're all looking around for two hours for his glasses. And then all of a sudden he walks to me and he, and he's like, man, I don't know where those, I can't find those glasses anywhere. And I saw it. And I said, Ken, <laughs> Ken, go look in the mirror right now. And he gets your face. You go, they're not on my head. I checked a bunch of times. They are I, not on my head. I did. They I checked not. on my head. I checked all my pockets. And then I thought, okay, this is like an Easter egg hunt. This is what was going through my mind. You found my glasses and then you hid them on top of the fridge or near the mirror no. in the in the kitchen. But no, what had happened was I have a giant ass wizard beard. And I tucked my glasses into the collar of my shirt, and my beard completely covered the glasses. So, I, how the hell did you even see them? Like, did they they, just, like, they were moved sideways a little bit, and like, but they were clear, so I could see they were kind of camouflaged. So, Instagram, pa, like I'll predator. I'll give you a couple points on that one. Hi, everyone. I'm Ken Melvoinberg, and I'm Sonny Megatron, Instagramma, but I'm the cool Instagramma. I know what's fashionable and cool, and I know how to work social media. Oh yeah! And welcome to episode forty-seven of American Sex Podcast. <laughs> so this week's guest is adult star Raven Rock. So Raven is a short bubbly Chrissy from Three's Company type transsexual from way up in the northeastern U.S. She spent most of her adult life as a boy, and it wasn't until she reached her mid-30s that she started admitting to herself that she was transgender. Once she did, though, the ball rolled quite fast, and things progressed quickly. After many years of denying who she was, she finally admitted to herself she was a dirty whore and started doing porn. Which leads us to where we are today. And you know what? That's one of the many reasons I love Raven Rocks is that she wrote that bio. Yeah, that's a, that's a good bio. <laughs> <laughs> she did an excellent job of that. This was a very interesting interview that com went in a completely different direction than I think any of us had ante like anticipated at all. And it sort of started with finding out about her being a veteran like myself of the military. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, you're going to enjoy this one, listeners, a lot. One thing, though, I want to talk about before we get to the interview is there's something that comes up a lot uh, periodically, and it came up again this week considering oming, which is... Oh, my... Hold on, hold on. Hold, let me set it up because they don't know what I'm talking about. So oming is orgasmic meditation, which is a practice invented and taught by an organization called One Taste. So One Taste has centers in a number of major cities around the country, and they're planning more expansion worldwide. So I'm getting a lot of questions about episode two of our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron on Showtime specifically, because one of our segments on that show, we went to the San Francisco chapter or headquarters or whatever of One Taste to Mothership. get... <laughs> Hold on. So we went to get a peek at orgasmic meditation. And, and at the time, we really didn't know much about it at all. They were completely new to us. So since... Uh, hey, I, I do have to say something here. During the filming of Sunny Megatron, that was the one and only time I was a little wigged out. Yeah, yeah. Like well, the, the concept wasn't bad, but like the that particular. Yeah, we'll get branch. to why in a second. Okay. We'll get to why in a second. So, since that episode came out in 2014, there's been a number of damning articles about the One Taste organization. So on like major 
outlets on Playboy, um, which I sent since I guess this article on Playboy has been removed. There's been some shady like you got to remove. I don't know the story, but it's gone. But another one came out this week in Bloomberg. So it alleges that one taste is harboring an environment that promotes sexual assault, that it financially takes advantage of its members, like coaxing them to spend thousands of dollars on oming courses. It's, you know, encouraging them to quit their jobs and start working for one taste for less than minimum wage, persuading them to take out like huge lines of credit to pay for these classes. And, you know, and I, I the article was something it was saying like, um, oh, it's okay. Don't, you know, $2,000 in, in debt is the same as 20000 It means nothing. It's just numbers kind of brainwashy, interesting stuff. So when we dealt with One Taste, we were working on the show, and we can only speak for our specific experiences with them, which weren't near what I read in this most recent article. So with that being said, all of this that we're talking about is alleged, because I don't want them to be like, blah, 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 blah. but, you know, personally, we tend to believe victims generally, and also there's been dozens of sketchy stories about them and like ken said we were there and we caught let's say we caught a vibe when we were there ken what kind of vibe did you catch at one taste well it was the only time during the entire filming where i was a little bit disturbed it was it completely wigged me out first and foremost it was it had and I'm not saying it was a cult because I don't want to be sued by those motherfuckers, but it had the feeling of a cult. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in the Church of Scientology and it kind of reminds me of like Scientology of the clitoris with just a little touch of Amway thrown in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. I mean, the whole thing where they were saying, you know, like, say something that's neither positive nor negative to your clitoris. And they were talking to the clitoris and saying not either positive or negative things. You had to say completely neutral things to the clitoris. Do you remember that? Yeah. It, I mean, the process, like, from what I've heard, you know, and I've never done oming, and there are some people that swear up and down, like, no, I'm really into it. I love one taste, blah, 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 blah. Whether they'll still say that in five years, I don't know. Do they say that with a blank look on their face and their arms and handing over? Going, I love one taste. <laughs> and handing over Give a blank check. Yeah, I don't know. But, and, and, I could see some pieces of the practice, some pieces, maybe not all of the pieces of the practice, but maybe generically, conceptually might be helpful for some people. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Ken's, Ken's the going, vaguest language no, ever. The vaguest no. language. No, no. It's not helpful to anybody. It's a fucking cult scam. No. Okay. Well, allegedly, from what we've heard... <laughs> Allegedly, 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 and you know, a cult scam. Just want to put that out there because a lot of people think that we endorse one taste or oming because we had a segment on the show. No, we were purely journalists, just going, "Look, here's a thing, huh?" And we had a lot of people that <laughs> loved that segment, right, and they right. loved they loved the idea of it. It's just being there in real life, personally, creep me the fuck out. Yeah, Ken was highly disturbed. And there's only three other things that I can think of that really creep me out, which are. You know. Nuns, hammerhead sharks, and hyenas. Yes. Yeah. And and one taste. <laughs> so now there's four things. <laughs> so not telling you what to do or what not to do, but we just want to throw this out there that A, we don't endorse them, and B, you're free to do whatever you want. You're grown-ups, but... Oftentimes when we make decisions and we consent to things, we talk about informed consent and knowing 
all of the details. So we're just going to put this on your plate and you can do with it what you will. So, yeah, there. And I'm going to give you a great big fucking napkin to go with it. Some of that shit off your face that's going to drool down when you dig it. (laughs) Ken, I love you. Do you know what time it is, Sonny? It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time for the new members of our Patreon family. Oh, wow. If we did my tune and your tune together, I think we'd harmonize. Can you do that again? Wait. No. One, I can't, two, no. three. It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time. I'm going to put them together. I'm going to edit them together. Hold on a second. Wait, let me do it. It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time for the new members of our Patreon family. Hopefully that worked. Thanks for joining our family this week, Nick's. We're at 78 now, and I don't think we're going to make 100 members by July 5th. It's just, it's not going to happen. I know, I'm sad. So here's what we're going to do. We're, we're on track to make it. We were, I don't know, growing by 5, 10 members a week pretty consistently, and then suddenly just like everything screeched to a halt. So Ken, I think it was last week, you had a really great point. And you suggested perhaps that all of the sex ed content censorship that's happening on the internet in the wake of SESTA-FOSTA can account for it, especially because in the last few weeks, we've known a number of sex educators and like fetish models and people that have sex related content on Patreon, but not necessarily explicit, just kind of, you know, kind of a little saucy that they've had their profiles even, even taken. cosplay girls. Right. They've had their, their Patreon accounts completely taken down. And we're wondering if maybe we're shadow banned or somehow being penalized in some algorithm somewhere. So I don't know. But you know what I do know? What do you know? I know there's a big fucking helicopter flying outside right now, but you know what? Who cares? We live in Chicago. It's probably going to be flying around for hours, so I'm just going to keep going. It's better than bullets. It's better than bullets. That's true. That's the Chicago City motto, by the way. Better than bullets? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, what I do know is you and I had a really great time last night having a a fivesome, yeah, an orgy. if, If there's five people at that point, do you just call it an orgy? Or gangbang. A gangbang? No. Because well, it, it well, depends well, on the numbers that make up in his fucking home. Yeah. Like they, if wor- it's one person being fucked by four people, that's definitely a gangbang. Which bang. didn't happen. If it's three and two of we were being together fucked, with rimming and fingers. We were being fucked by three things, but not, oh, no, no, actually four not things, people. Four things. Four things. Oh, but one. Yeah. One was not the thing that, we, that it, we're focusing on right now. One thing. I was, was focusing you on were, it. <laughs> it was focusing on your prostate. Yes. But it was actually not three people. Three wands, three wand style toys. We had a cordless magic wand original, which is, you know, also known as the Hitachi, the Le Wand Petite, and the Sola, all pretty popular wands. And the Sola is relatively new, and the Le Wand, like, just came out. So the Sola was at the Velociraptor. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was good. I liked it. Um, so, and, and tonight we're going to have a threesome with the Fun Factory Stronic Reel, which is pretty cool. And all of this has happened. And he's like, what? We are? Yeah, surprise. Uh, all of this is happening thanks to peepshowtoys.com. We're working on developing some more pleasure product specific content for Peepshow Toys. And, you know, we have to thoroughly test the merchandise, right, Ken? Right. 
So there are so many things to love about Peep Show Toys. Ken and I are like, one of which is their hot deal section, deep, deep discounts on some of our most favorite toys. What did I, I was just visiting the webpage. I saw the Satisfier Pro 2, my super all-time favorite Jimmy Jane Form 2, and a bunch of other stuff. And don't forget, no matter what you order from peepshowtoys.com, you can get 10% off your entire order with code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, at checkout. One more thing before we head on to our interview with Raven Rocks. This month, we teamed up with Castle Megastore to give away an Ojoy Lily Rose Silicone Thrusting Rabbit Vibrator. To enter, go to SunnyMegatron.com to enter. Oh, that gummy bear's <laughs> kicking in. Come on, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> to enter, go to sunnymegatron.com backslash, which is not a slash. It's a front slash. It's, it's a, fr- a, I it's don't a know. slash slash. It's a slash. It's, it's a guy from Motley Crue. <laughs> it's slash. To enter, go to sunnymegatron.com, Axel Rose. <laughs> Wrong guy. <laughs> to, <laughs> to enter, go to sunnymegatron.com slash Ojoy, and you can get 20% off select items. At CastleMegastore.com when you use the code SUNNY, that's S-U-N-N-Y, at checkout. Wow. <laughs> they, are they, like, totally kicked in right now? Are you saying words? Oh, shit. Really? <laughs> really? I'm gaslighting you again. Oh, God. Are you high, Ken? As fuck. Awesome. <laughs> Here's Raven Rocks. <laughs> On the line, we have Raven Rocks. Hi, Raven. Hi, Raven. Hi, guys. So there's so many things I want to talk to you about, and I'm sure I have a feeling this conversation is going to get real, real interesting. Um, but we just we just talked I'll about. I'll be disappointed your if it isn't. Well, all of our conversations are interesting. interesting. Yeah, and are. from what I know about you, Raven, it seems like all of your conversations are really interesting too. So this is going to be fun. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. This is so weird to be being on this side of the conversation. Right, because you have a radio show, right? We do, yeah. So t- tell me about it. Well, it's actually called the Totally Inappropriate Radio Show, so you can imagine how dirty and nasty it gets. Okay, so tell me. I know this is going to be a spoiler for the people who haven't heard your radio show that are going to listen, but tell me, if it's totally inappropriate, what is the most inappropriate thing that's happened on your radio show? Oh, my gosh. Um, so many to choose from, huh? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's hard to nail down just one. Um, we actually, oh, my gosh. There's there's me. And, and for your listeners who don't know, I'm transsexual. Um, the loudmouth of the show, uh, Kimber Haven, is also transsexual. And her wife, who happens to be my best friend, and Kimber is my girlfriend, we're all kind of in the show together. Um, I challenged her wife to a drinking contest on the show. Oh. And her wife is Mexican, and we were drinking tequila. And I got completely shit-faced on the show, and it was sad. Oh, it was sad? It was- so it wasn't like, oh, fun, drunk raven? <laughs> <laughs> what happened? No, it was... It was, oh my God. Um, let's just say we record, uh, we, we video record our shows and my boobs were out and it was just, oh my God. It, 
I, I choose not to remember large parts of that show. Ooh, I want, I'm going to go yeah. like go through the archives and find this one. <laughs> Any hints? Like, do you remember the episode number or the name or? Um, I'm trying. We, we have, we have, you know, like you guys do, we have um, guests on the show and I'm trying to remember what guests we have. It was but... a foggy night, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember who we had because I, I there was big parts of that show I don't remember because tequila. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Tequila and and myself do not get along at all. Oh, I feel um, ya. Like I, yeah, mm. you know, tequila is kind of like my ex wife that way. Just we don't get along. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was <laughs> You're like, looking at me like what? What? She's she's a stupid, filthy. I'm like she knocked you out and made you vomit. What happened? Like you didn't tell me that story. No, no, I didn't throw up. I didn't throw up. Um, I usually do pretty good at not throwing up, but let's just say I ended up on the, which is where I usually end up on the bathroom floor. Um, oh. Well, no, I didn't puke. You were just kind of like um, I, prepared. <laughs> when, no, when I get drunk, I like cool places. And where's the coolest place? Oh, in that's the house? true. Like the porcelain tile of the bathroom. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So that's where I always end up is the bathroom floor. <laughs> nice, nice. So I'm getting to know you because so, this is cool because like. A lot of the guests we have on the show, Ken and I have met at one point or another, and Raven, you know, Ken and I and you, we have mutual friends, but we've never actually met. So at least that I know of, we might have, and I don't know, we could have been at some of the same events, AVN, yeah, like we might have been something. at AVN or TEA if you do either of those events. Mm-hmm. We always go. Why have we not met you guys? I don't know. I don't we know. Probably... Well, we, we know Wendy Williams pretty well, so if you're hanging out with Wendy, we probably would, would have seen you yeah, with her, but we may we not have. all the time. And we go to the AVNs every year, and we go to the TEAs every year. Well, we haven't been to the TEAs in like two years, I think. And so, but oh. we're going to be at AVN. We're going to be at AVN this year, so it's a date. We're going to meet up. You go to FetishCon. No, no we actually, don't. we don't, which is amazing because oh we're so God. into BDSM. So it's, uh, but no, we have to go to FetishCon. We go every year. It's on the list because that's that's in Vegas, right? FetishCon? No. No, that's in St. Petersburg, Florida. Oh, Florida. Okay, yeah, that's the Florida that's one. St. Petersburg. You're getting your conventions mixed I'm up. I'm getting my warm places mixed up. I, I totally am. But so I've been reading a lot about you preparing for this interview. And, you know, I find it really interesting because one of the things that, that you mentioned is you didn't transition until you were 38. And in your bio, I found a really interesting sentence. Like one sentence starts out after many years of denying who she was. And I was like, Oh, there's some stories there, isn't there? Like, what what was your life like before transition and, you know, actively Uh, denying who you were? Well, um, I probably knew I was different as young as probably four years old. But I I came from a very homophobic family. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. My, My father was one of those if. Uh, my my boy name growing up was Michael, mm-hmm. but um, if I displayed any mannerisms that were remotely feminine, my father would call me Michelle. Oh. So when I transitioned, my family family members would be like, "Well, why didn't you just choose Michelle?" Because I hated that name. Wow. I hated it. 
Wow. So, yeah. So I, I bottled all this up and I put it away and I tried to be as masculine as I could be. And I fought it for years. Um, but actually I didn't, I started hormones at 38. I didn't even, I didn't even transition to full time living as a female until I was 40. Wow. wow. That's a huge change. Wow. Yeah. And believe it or not, at 38 years old, I was, I'm only five foot six. I'm short. <laughs> um, but I was 215 pounds. But I bench pressed you were 300 pounds. Yeah. You were yes. a power lifter, weren't you? Yes. Yes. I lived at the gym. It was my way of denying who I, who I felt like I was inside. So was it was it like, if I can just, you know, work hard enough and be as masculine as possible, these feelings will go away? Like, were you trying to make exactly. them go away? Exactly. I thought if I could become a big enough stud muffin, these feelings would go away. And did, did they or did they get worse? Oh, hell no. <laughs> no, no, no. I even got married. And? Oh, yeah. And how? Oh, hell no. Yeah. No, no. Short lived? No, I was a cross dresser. I was I was I was cross dressing my whole damn life. And I, I presume you were married to a woman, correct? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was bad. It was bad. Um, I I got married. I got married young, which was probably good because um, there, I don't even know how to put this. Um, when I got married, I never used protection mm -hmm. with my ex and had kids early and never never used protection and had kids early and never had any more kids. So I wonder if there was some, some, Oh God, how do I put this? Like your um, body knew I was shooting. Yeah. I was shooting blanks. Yeah. Apparently. Cause I was low testosterone from a very early age. So I just, Oh God, I, I was shooting blanks. Yeah. I was. So when you were lifting, did you uh, use steroids at all? Like, was there any no, like, that kind of no. stuff going on, or is it just straight power lifting? No, no, just it, it's funny. Um, on both sides of my family, there are very few boys. I have probably somewhere in the realm of forty cousins, and I can count on both my hands the amount of male cousins. Um, on one side of my family, I have about 18 cousins, and there's like three boys. Huh. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And did that, did that make it easier for you growing up? Like, were, were you hanging out with the girls? Were, you know, because you said you knew at a very young age on some subconscious level. I didn't have a level. choice. Well, yeah, that's true. I didn't have a choice but to hang out with the girls. <laughs> but, you know, it was it was one of those things where I just, I didn't fit in. Right. I mean, even in even in high school, I had more female friends than I had male friends. And I just I didn't fit in with the guys. Right. And I was always trying to, but I always gravitated towards hanging out with girls more. And it just it it just seemed like it fit better with me and and I cross-dressed all through high school and did you hide that or did you let your girlfriend's wife wh whoever know or was it a hidden secret growing up I, I dated a girl all through high school as when I was a senior in high school I told her mm -hmm. she thought it was the coolest thing in the world mm -hmm. uh, she is the only person I ever told wow uh, when I came out to my family when I told my sister I told my mom I told all them 
um, I asked them, I said, did you ever have any clue? They all said no. So apparently I hit it really, really well. Okay. So like myself, you were in the military and was this like when you originally joined, was this um, something to enforce the masculinity that you were trying to put on as a cover or was it something that you'd wanted to do for patriotism? Like what was your reason initially for joining the military? It was, oh God, it was kind of a little bit of both. I come from a military family. Me too. What, by the way, what branch were you in? I, I was in the army. And what was your um, job? I haven't. This is where it gets complicated. I, I joined the army because I had an uncle who I idolized who was in the army. But I, I took all the tests and I had my test scores were high enough that I could have done military intelligence. But I did infantry because infantry was the most masculine thing I could do. Oh. Yes. Yes. But. About halfway through my enlistment, I realized infantry was not for me because when you're and and I don't want it to come across as as like I'm like I'm holier or, or like I'm oh god what is the word like I'm like I'm like too good for intelligent. infantry. Yes, yes, but it was very apparent that I was not on the same mental level as most of the people that were doing it. <laughs> well, it just, you know what, that's just, you have a different skill set, and that's more what it's yeah. about, because infantry people are, in, like, mostly needed in the military, probably more than anything else, but if you have a different skill set and your brain thinks a different way, you may be better suited for something else. So what did you end up doing other than yeah. infantry? When my enlistment came up, I, I had already gotten married, and they offered me, like, a Bradley mechanic job and a tank mechanic job. And I was like, no. <laughs> like, I can, I can be a mechanic out in the civilian world, so I ended up just getting out. Right. And I ended up, oh, my gosh, I ended up moving to the Deep South. Wait my a minute. Ex, Wait, the Deep yeah. South. You, you're originally a northerner, right? Where You're from, is it the Midwest? Yeah. I am originally from New York. Okay. So why did you move to the Deep South? That is that is where my ex wanted to move. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I actually lived in Alabama for 12 years. Not exactly the best place to transition. Right. So it got buried even more. Wow. Yeah. And then? So I moved. Yeah. So I moved down there. I lived there for 12 years. During that time... Um, I got a, a good job, but I didn't see myself doing that forever. So I ended up going back to school, got my degree, and I almost went back in the military as a, um, a helicopter pilot. And then 9-11 happened. Oh. Mm-hmm. How did that change things? I just, I, I didn't see myself going away doing that with children. Ah. Uh. Because during that time, I'd had a couple of children. Okay. So... I ended up getting the job that I do now, and long story short, I ended up moving back up here to Kentucky with this job that I have now, and the urges came back Mm. with a vengeance, yes, and I don't know why, I cannot tell you why they came back, but I actually, I started dressing a lot again, and I almost gave it up. I thought I couldn't do makeup, and I almost gave it up, and I met someone who... This is put me in touch with a drag queen. 
and this drag queen did my makeup. And even though I look back at this picture and it was horrible, that was the jump start I needed. Really? Yes. And then I started doing my own makeup and I ended up getting really good. And then um, through the VA, because of my prior service, I actually had a, a service-related injury. Mm-hmm. I saw a, a counselor and I started hormones. And I didn't tell my ex, which was probably, now that I look back on it, was not the best idea. And was your ex your ex at the time? Or was it? Was no, she, oh. no, we were. Yeah. Wow. And, and okay. How, how old were you? Do you say yeah. you had kids at this point, too? So you had kids? Oh, yeah. And so did yeah. they know about it? Or was it a secret from them as well? No, no, nobody knew about it. No, no. Let's let's just say this. You guys have seen, you're, you, you watch movies. Oh, I'm of course. Assuming. You've seen the movie The Water Boy. Oh yeah. Okay. My act is the real life version of Mama Boucher. Oh Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So I knew I knew the minute I told my ex wife what I was planning on doing that Mama Boucher was gonna come out. Mm. So I knew that as long as I didn't say anything, that I was still gonna get to see my kids. So I just kept it quiet. So I knew, I knew as soon as I said it, everything was going to, everything that I knew was going to happen was going to happen. So I didn't say anything. So, you know, I did everything. And then, oh my God, this is, this is where it gets interesting. It was Christmas of 2013. I got a phone call. Mm -hmm. I was out of town on business. And this is, this is horrible because She's going through the garage where I hid all my all my clothes. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> oh. She goes, and this is what makes it even worse. She found an overflow box of clothing. So not only did she find clothes, but she found the shitty clothes that I didn't like. So not only did she think I was a cross-dresser, but she thought I was a bad one. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Which I think is a bigger crime, if I'm not mistaken. I know, I know, but she's like, she's like, I found these clothes, but they're not my size. And I'm like, oh, shit. So, so I'm at this point where I either admit that I'm having an affair or I admit they're mine. So I had to admit they were mine. So then Mama Boucher comes out. <gasps> what happened? Yeah. I, oh my gosh, she starts going the holy roller out with me and I had to admit it was all mine and I had to admit that that I was going to seek help and she wanted me to see the preacher and all this stuff. And I told her I was going to take care of it, which I wasn't going to. Mm-hmm. I was just biding my time. And so for about a year, I didn't dress, but I still took the hormones. And then about a, it was around Christmas the next year. So about 2014, I told her that I was going to transition. And she thought I was just going to be a cross-dresser. So she asked me to move out. I did. And she was actually fairly cool with it. Wow. And then about two months later, I made it under no uncertain terms that I planned on transitioning. And that's when the shit hit the wall. She has not physically seen or spoken to me since then. What about your I kids? I mean, she concessioned, she concessioned a bunch of stuff during the divorce just so she would not have to sit across the table with me and physically look at me during the divorce. 
Wow. Oh, she mama bouched the kids on me, too. Um, I have not physically seen my kids since I transitioned. Oh, I'm, I'm so, so sorry. sorry. Oh, um, I've cried all. I'm going to cry over it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so I have a question for you. Now, my experience at the VA, and like, keep in mind, I'm a cis man, sure. uh, but I have had, I'm very much an advocate for LGBTQ issues, especially for veterans. And here in Chicago, they treat our trans veterans absolutely amazing. And I wanted to know a little bit about, because, but this is for me being a cis guy coming into this. What is your experience okay. with the VA as far as issues with transitioning? Here in Kentucky, they were great. I can't, I have no complaint. Um, I saw their, I, I went to their mental health people, even though it's really not considered mental health, um, just because they had no experience. Um, I saw their mental health person, but they admittedly had no experience with someone like me. So apparently here in Kentucky, I was their first trans person. Wow. So they referred me to a trans-specific person outside of the VA, mm -hmm. who I saw for almost two years. And they were, it was very easy. So I had no issues. Um, the only issue I had was the endocrinologist that worked for the VA acted like uh, what you would call a gatekeeper doctor. Oh yeah, because I wasn't because I wasn't fully out. She kind of restricted my hormones. Oh, okay. Yeah. So as soon as I fully came out, I dumped her and I started seeing a different doctor. So what what yeah. advice would you have to give? Because like I can assure you, there's at least one person out there that is trans and is considering of going uh, like doing a, a full transition and they're a veteran. Is there any advice that you would give that person? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm actually helping because I actually, one of my, uh, I don't even, you wouldn't really call him a coworker. One of my veteran friends who was actually in one of the platoons I was in when I was active duty is actually transitioning right now. He I guess I guess it'd be she now. Um, I reconnected with her, and actually, she was expressing feelings of attraction towards me initially, and then confessed that she wanted to transition herself. And I'm actually helping her go through, and I'm actually coaching her through how to navigate through the VA and all that stuff. Also, um, just you know, go in and talk to them. I mean, they're they're not going to judge you because it's a government entity and the government is, they're not going to judge you because the, the federal government, maybe not so much the state government, but the federal government has, even though it's Donald Trump in there right now, the federal government has mandates on how they're supposed to treat transgender individuals. So oh, they're yeah. They're, and they're very, right. very tight about that for any sort of discrimination. Yeah. And that's yeah. the one thing I love about military culture and that they might be a lot of right wingers um, or left wingers, yeah. just depending on the individual. But I think we all, <laughs> yeah. you know, and by the way, thank you for your service. Uh, and oh, well, thank you, too. Well, thank you. And, but I think it's important <laughs> that we all understand that we're a brotherhood and sisterhood. And, you know, whether you're a brother or a sister just depends on what state of being you're in at any particular moment. And we yeah. want to look out for each other. You know, I, and I have a friend right now who's transitioning. And Chad, I hope you get to listen to this episode because I hope that something in this helps you with your transition because you're awesome, amazing, beautiful. And Chad, I, I wish everything 
to be as best as you can possibly be because you're an amazing human. And I really hope that this helps my buddy, Chad. You know what I've found just in my own experience, probably about 75%, well, maybe not 75%, but a good chunk of veterans that transition. Well, actually, how do I put this? A good chunk of trans people that I've met are actually veterans. Interesting. You know, I, I come to think of it, I've met like a huge number of people that are mm-hmm. trans that are former military, and I haven't even thought about that before. Huh. And I don't know if it's got something to do with a lot of us go in the military to try to prove our masculinity, or I, I don't know what it is, but, you know, it's just you get around Memorial Day and, and a lot of days like that and Veterans Day and stuff, and it's it's... You, you see a lot of those shirts that say, you know, I fought for your right to hate me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm sure you have very strong feelings about the, you know, transgender military ban as well. It's, you know, I just I I think it's, you know, I, I come from the the old school where not everybody gets a trophy. So I kind of have kind of mixed feelings about it. Um I think that, I don't know, I, it, it's kind of funny because I, I I don't know. It's it's kind of one of those things where I think that it, it's just very mixed because I don't know. I, I think we should be able to serve. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to paying for actual transition gender confirmation surgeries, I'm just, I'm kind of on the fence about that, even though I am trans. But let me, let me I ask don't. you a question. If you were a diabetic, would sure. you have a problem with another military person having insulin and having no. the government pay for it? So why is it any different than hormones? No, no, I have no issue with hormones. What's, so what, what, I, are you on, I, what are you on the fence about, if I can ask? The actual, see, I, see, I, I, and it's not that I'm on the fence. I just don't have the answer. Okay. That makes sense. I, I can I can see both sides of the argument, and I don't have the answer. I guess is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. I, there's I no, there's see, no reason why you have to. You shouldn't yeah. have to be a forced ambassador for everybody who's trans and military. Just it's yeah, it's good that you have perspective, and I think it's even better that you don't have an answer. Because if you did, you know, like, I mean, what happens if you're wrong? What happens if you're supporting it one way and then you find out something different later on? I think it's good that you that we see that you're human first and foremost. Yes. And see, I have a sister who is active duty military and she's married to an active duty military person. And she actually will bring up some very good, you know, points herself, too. So I have to concession her points. And so I just, you know, I just, I don't have the, I don't have all the answers. I wish I did. And and you're not expected to. You're not the spokesperson. Right. I mean, that's not, for that's everyone. Ab- yeah, I was yeah. going to say, but that's not why we intended yeah. on having you on the show for that particular reason. But I'm glad that you have your perspective on it and that you, you know, that you can fully admit when you're, when you don't know an answer to something. And I think that's, that says something about you know, you formerly serving in that, I think that we all learn when to take personal responsibility from being in the military when we don't have an answer for something because you just don't make shit up because that's how you get in trouble. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but I think I think we should all be able to serve. I don't think you should be 
precluded or I, I don't think you should be excluded from serving just because you're trans. Right. Yeah, absolutely not. And I don't think the medical issue in and of itself is valid because it's such a small percentage of people and such a small percentage of the budget that, exactly. you know, that, you know, as far as medical costs, that's a ridiculous argument. Like, that's the one argument that I can't abide. I, I be- do agree with that. Because yeah. it's it's insignificant compared to just the cost of Viagra for, you know, in Viagra, that's pretty much unneeded for yeah. anybody in the military. Your ability right. to get a boner doesn't have anything to do with you shooting a fucking gun at somebody's head. I'm sorry. It doesn't. Exactly. It does have something to do with shooting your load at somebody's It does have something to do with loads. There's no doubt about that. All right. So speaking of shooting loads, this is a great transition point. So we're going to take a quick break. I know. We've gotten way too serious. I know. We're so serious. Okay. On to shooting loads. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a break and then we are going... I want to talk about, you know, you've gotten to the point of your life where everything has changed. And when you had talked about, oh, you know, I got a good job, you weren't talking about porn and you're also a porn performer so like i want to figure out how we got from like oh my god i transitioned the clothes the bad clothes were in the garage and she found them to suddenly (laughs) you're all over the internet doing all sorts of totally inappropriate things so we'll be right back in just a second with raven rocks hey did you know american sex podcast has a patreon page Becoming a Patreon member is a great way to show your support for this podcast. It works kind of like, I don't know, funding for National Public Radio or how PBS works. If you appreciate our work and the fact that we provide it to the world free of charge, then you can help support it. And as a member of our Patreon family, you'll be eligible for nifty, cool rewards like bonus episodes, surprises in the mail, and more. Oh, and you'll get all of our episodes early, bonus stories from guests, and access to our private Patreon feed. So you're thinking about it? You want to know more? Check out all the details at patreon.com slash americansex. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash American Sex. Castle Store. Once you see their sex toys, you'll want more. I have no idea if Castle Megastore actually has a theme song, but I really dig Castle Megastore. So that's my gift to you, Castle, your very own theme song. And you listeners get a gift too. If you go to CastleMegastore.com and use discount code SUNNY, that's S-U-N-N-Y, when you check out, you will receive 20% off your order. That's amazing. Castle mega store when you get your sex toys you'll be on the floor because you'll be using them so much and they'll be so awesome and you'll save so much money you'll get more than one and then you'll climax for a really long time and you'll just be passed out and you'll be like oh my god give me water that was the best orgasm ever and we're back with raven rocks now raven i don't know if you know this about me but actually i've dated three Either adult performers, dominatrixes, or strippers that had the stage name Raven. Yeah, I almost named my daughter Raven, too. I was so close. She was going to be Phoenix or Raven. Well, it's funny because I have a preference for gothic chicks, and that's one of the things about every gothic uh, adult performer. They all choose. And I don't know. Like, I don't think you're particularly goth, are you? No, no. I actually, I kind of started out that way, but the name actually, we were just sitting around when I was trying to when I decided to start doing porn and my girlfriend, Kimber Haven, she's like, we need to pick out a name for you. And I'm like, 
I have no clue. And we just started throwing out names. And I tend to be very into kind of like heavy metal. And she's like, how about like Raven like rocks? And I'm like, I don't really like that. Really? You didn't like it at first? (laughs) No, I didn't. And I'm like, but we couldn't come up with anything better. And I'm like, was it because you know Danzig was already taken? Is it like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know what? Raven's kind of growing on me. And, and you know, at the time, my hair was really dark. And, and it just kind of kept growing. And I was like, but I don't want R-O-C-K-S. That, that's dumb. And I don't want R-O-X-X-X. That was my next question. Really, I was going to say, why not the yeah. XXX? That's really cheesy. It's really cheesy. So I'm like, let's just do R-O-X-X. And then I was like, yeah, that'll work. So that's what I went with. Nice. So you're super busy because you still have a very professional, respectable, and I put that in finger quotes, you know, uh, vanilla job that, yes, that you that keeps I you do. occupied during the day. Um, and you have your radio show. And then you have yep, your every porn. Every Saturday. Okay, every Saturday. Yep. So Saturday is like six yep. o'clock or something. I'll, I'll we'll have a link yep. to all of that stuff in the show notes for the listeners. So how did you go from all right, you know, in the garage with the clothes and transitioning, and and the you know quote good job, and suddenly you're doing porn? What the heck happened? Well, I I basically I went full time, and when you go full time, there's a lot of as you're going full time, there's a lot of it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of a lot of rushes as you're coming out to people. Mm-hmm. Well, as that kind of winds down, it kind of gets you kind of start settling into your life, and a lot of the rushes go away. Well, I got bored. <laughs> well, you guys said you know Wendy. Um, yes. I approached Wendy about dancing at her Lexington Tea Girl party. Mm. So I I started doing that, and I did that for a while, and then that started to get boring. Well, I wouldn't say boring, but I started to get into a a groove of doing that. You get bored easily, don't you? I do. (laughs) You would, like, move on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. I did. Always adventure. I, I, I saw how much fun Kimber Haven was having doing the porn, and I'm like, you know what? I can do that. I mean, it's just poking your ass up in the air and taking dick. I'm like, I'm already, I'm already doing that. I mean, I might as well do it on camera and make money. Uh And was it as easy as you thought it was from afar? Oh, come on. I'm already doing it. I mean, and I did, I'm a bottom. How Uh hard is it? I don't have to keep an erection. Oh, okay. All I have to do is stick my butt up in the air. (laughs) (laughs) All I got to do is look cute. So I have a question. Did you come out twice then? Did you have to come out as an adult performer and a trans person? Um, or was it just... Are you talking about to my family? Yeah. To, to anybody. I didn't know, like, if there was... Is there anybody that you had well, to come out to for, as an adult performer? My my mom doesn't know. My my brother and sister said that it was probably best that my mom doesn't know. I think she knows. But I come from an Irish family. Uh-huh. And Irish families don't tell. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think I think my mom knows, but she's just not going to say. 
It's the big family um, secret that everybody knows. Yes, <laughs> yes. My sisters know, and they're cool with it. They, my youngest sister thinks it's cool as hell. My second youngest sister knows, and she just really doesn't care either way. My brother, mm-hmm. he knows. He just doesn't want to talk about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> according to him, I mean, I think as far as he concerns, He's concerned. It's just his his brother's sucking dick. Right. So generally, yeah. though, you know, we talked about your ex-wife was not supportive. But from what I've read about you, the rest of your family has been relatively supportive of your transition. And as you're saying, you know, oh, yeah. at least some of them are supportive or at least secretly supportive, maybe, of your, oh, yeah. of your porn work. When I... When I came out to my mom, she said, are you going to grow boobs? And at the time, I was wearing, like, this really restrictive sports bra. And at the time, I had B-cups. And I said, Mom, my mom is very small-chested. And I was like, Mom, I'm a 36B. And my mom goes, oh, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, uh, most of my family is very supportive. The only person who wasn't was the one who I thought would be really supportive and it was my grandmother and she does I haven't spoken to her since I came out Aww. but other than that they're all very supportive I've actually reconnected with some of my family that I really have had no interaction with since I was a kid That's amazing But you know it's it's one of those things where I've made family Aww. You know family's not always blood Right, right. Absolutely. Chosen family is golden. Exactly. And you know what? My porn family is amazing. Mm. Now, when it comes to your your family family, your blood family, and you had to explain everything, um, it's hard enough explaining to family members, especially family members that grew up in more, you know, sexually conservative environments to explain like, I'm trans. And what does that mean? You also had (laughs) to then explain your sexuality because you consider yourself bisexual, correct? Pan. Okay, pansexual. pansexual. So, okay, it's hard enough to explain to like, you know, the vanilla civilians what trans is (laughs) trying to explain the vanilla to the vanilla i can't even say the vanilla (laughs) it's like a vanilla onion the vanilla no um the muggles yes the muggles (laughs) try to explain to the muggle family now what pansexual is and how your sexual expression is different than your gender expression what was that like oh god try to explain uh non-monogamous polyamorous Oh, wow. Yeah, because that's technically what I am. Um, Kimber Haven is my girlfriend, mm-hmm. but she's she's married to Lexus Steele, who is her genetic female wife. Okay. Lexus is like my best friend. Okay. So, But we are all allowed to go date whoever we want. Uh-huh. Yeah, try explaining that to people who are in, used to monogamous relationships. It's, I just had fun. to do that last week. I was t- trying to explain to my cousin about why I have a wife and a girlfriend. And, oh, and, like, yeah. He was, like, and, and he got it. It's just like, I think it was a surprise that I was open about it. Right. So I can imagine for you that was difficult because you not only had to explain that, you have to explain why you have better boobs on top of, like, is your mom's head exploding at this point? Oh, my gosh. Yes. It's, it's cr- I just had a, a woman at the gas station today. She's like, I love your boobs. I'm like, you can have them too for $6,000. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, people think Kentucky is so backwards, but it's, it's actually very, people here get it actually a lot better than a lot of, a lot of areas. It, it's, it's not really that hard to explain. Why do you think that um, is? Why do you think they, they're more, you know, I don't know, adaptable to this than we would think on the outside? I think it's, any any more it, it with internet and all that stuff it's it's more or less more i think it's more where you live as far as maybe see where i live right here is a college town okay so maybe maybe not so much where you live as far as geographically but more Maybe oh god, I'm not even sure the the word I'm searching like the, for right. Here. I don't know the 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 community you happen to reside in, sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. with this being a college town, people are a lot more open minded. Because I can I can have a, a conversation like my landlord where I live here. They they love me. They know I'm trans. They love me. They're older. Hmm. They have no issues, but. My ex-wife is, you know, 41 years old and she's Mama Boucher. Right. Wow. So, but what I've noticed is even here in Kentucky is anyone over the age of about 50 is, you're not going to, you're not going to get them. Yeah. Anywhere between about 30 and 50 is kind of a crapshoot. Anyone under the age of 30 they're going to accept you. Right. Yeah. I mean, the internet, I think has made the world so much smaller. And for younger folks that are under the age of 30, I think that they just, they're accustomed to being poly and pansexual or queer. And they understand the differences. I have a lot of parents that are our age because Sonny and I, I'm almost 50. Uh, Sonny is now 21. (laughs) Shut up, 46, (laughs) but thank you. And we we have a lot of, you know, because people know that we're sex educators and that we talk about this regularly. But like, I think just, you know, it, like people grasp trans faster than they grasp queer. Like having a kid that identifies as queer is a lot more difficult, I think, for people in some instances that uh, just because it's not as commonly of a used term for people that are a little bit older. Yeah. Where trans, they kind of, they right. you know, they grok and it. And it's right more away. of an, ad, like being queer is more of kind of an abstract concept, I think, where, you know... <laughs> transgender issues have been in the news we have transparent like people are watching these tv shows they they get what you know the definition consists of but speaking of okay so i'm reading about you and i see in some places you 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 know the label that you give yourself or at least the label that are on some of your interviews is you're transgender but i also see you're referring to yourself as transsexual now is there i just i just use them interchangeably okay so they're interchangeably there's not you know one means a certain thing to you or one label fits better than the other not really um i just kind of use them both um i will never this is where i differ from a lot of trans girls i will never never call myself a female why there's there's because i will never be a female i will always Till the day I die, have to go get a prostate exam. Hmm. I will. I will never. This is this is this is the big cosmic joke on me. I would have loved to have been born a genetic female. 
right. but I will never be one. And does that I will, make you I'm, sad? I'm, well, I mean, it sucks, but I'm, I'm proud to be a transsexual. Right. But there's, there's also um, one thing that makes me a little bit different from a lot of trans girls, too, is besides the porn, I don't think, even when porn is done, I don't think I will ever have gender reassignment. I actually like I like having my penis. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't ever think I'll get rid of it. Right, and that's that's very valid for a lot of trans people. I mean, I think that people listening that may not be familiar with what being trans means, there's that assumption that oh, if you're trans, you're going to have, you know, XYZ medical procedure. Do you, and I, I would think in the porn industry, of course, there are people that are, are much more understanding about uh, the spectrum of being trans and all the different ways people sure. can express their transness. But going back then to the muggles, to your family, are, were they like, so when are you going to get the surgery? Like, did you have to fight oh, off yeah. those questions too? What was that like? Yeah, yeah, my my stepfather still doesn't understand why if I'm wanting to be what he calls female, mm-hmm. why I don't want to have gender reassignment. Do you think I'll ever get it? I I don't know. I mean, he's of that old school mindset. I mean, he accepts me probably more than my my own mother does, mm-hmm. but he doesn't he doesn't understand that aspect. But, you know, a lot of people don't understand that. A lot of people don't consider me authentically transsexual if I don't want to cut it off. Really? Who are these people? I want to talk to them. Seriously, who are, who are these people? <laughs> I mean, there's just there's just there's a lot of people out there that will talk to me that that want to know when I'm going to they'll ask me when I'm going to go all the way. Ah, and it's like, well, I consider myself all the way right now. I'm living as a female, mm-hmm. so I consider myself all the way. You know, and I think I, mean, I think there's enough room for that. I know that there's going to be a lot of people that are listening to the podcast that are going to challenge the idea that you're not that like because you don't identify as completely female. I think that some people are going to take that as an attack to them if they are viewing themselves as female. And I think that there's enough room in the world for everybody to identify exactly however the fuck they want to identify. You don't have to identify with anything else other than what you want. And to be honest, if I, you know, was born trans and I was identified as, you know, if I identified like the way you do, I wouldn't want my dick cut off either because I love my dick and balls. I fucking love them. I like having an Audi. It's just who I am. And that has nothing to do with, my, you know, how I express my gender, you know? And you know what? I I know plenty of girls who have had gender reassignment Mm -hmm. and I know a large amount of them who have actually expressed to me in confidence, so I would never name them, right? that they actually had had um, some regret from actually having had gender reassignment. So, and, and the regret what stems from what? I mean, without getting specific, actually, but, you know. That, you know, they had actually had depression from actually having 
gone through and had the gender reassignment. Wow. They they never actually got specific, but you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of work that goes into that. Um you run about a 30% chance of never orgasming again. Hmm. I don't know about you guys, but that's that that's a little much for me. Well, yeah, yeah that's the uh, same that's... reason why I don't want to get any kind of voluntary, you know, anything snipped. But you know what? You know, it's interesting. I was just thinking about Buck Angel is a really good buddy of ours, and I cannot imagine Buck without his pussy. Yeah, <laughs> like it would it would just be weird and alien, and I just can't imagine him being the same person that he is today. And I also bet that he's probably not challenged as much. Like, I know he definitely is challenged with why he didn't go with the full transition. But do you think that um, trans women are challenged more for that to sort of adapt? I know we are questioned more because I know I get it all the time. When when are you going to when are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? I get that from straight men all the time. When are you going to go all the way? Or, or I'll get questions that, that hint to the point that I'm not fully trans if I don't do it all the way. If I don't have gender reassignment, that I'm not fully trans. Wow. You know what? Fuck those people. There is no one true way. Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, I don't care. It's it's interesting though that it's mostly cis men that are that are wanting it's to change. It's the entitlements. Uh, you know it is. It is. And I'm... Well, but you know what? At the end of the day, and and this is this is one reason. This is another reason why I'd never do it. Straight men, when they watch transsexual porn, want to see a penis. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They don't want to see if 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 straight men are watching trans porn, they don't want to see a neo vagina. Right. If they want to see vagina, they're going to watch straight porn. Exactly. Or Buck Angel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to watch. They want to see penis. Right. They want to see it. They want to see it flopping when I'm getting pounded from behind. Mm-hmm. Or, or gosh, or uh, this is so sad. Or they're wanting to see me pounding a guy. Ah. Because that's, oh, my gosh. This you you guys must know this. This is this is oh my god. What? More than anything else, I get approached by straight men wanting me to fuck them in the ass. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a super common fetish. I, I used to collect comic books <laughs> um um that uh, horny, uh, dirty biker sluts. I don't know if you've ever seen it before, but like, no, I haven't. <laughs> half of it is all trans women with the largest cocks you've ever seen, like taking in bending over straight guys. Uh, like after there's like a situation, like they pretend they're big, tough bikers. And then they run into these <laughs> two tough trans women with huge fucking cocks and balls. And then they're forced to be like put on their hands and feet like piggies. And I just found out, by the way, those comic books, Horny Dirty Biker Sluts, they're worth a lot of money. Really? I had no idea. Yeah, but mine are all covered with cum. <laughs> but I, I don't think I could sell it unless my cum hey, is worth something. Maybe they'll be worth more, Ken. Maybe they'll be worth more because they have cum. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I, I, I can top, but I prefer to be bottom. Right. Oh, I love bottom. Yeah? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, I mean... Hell, I was bottoming back before I was even looking like I should be bottoming. Before you even knew what bottoming really was. <laughs> yes, exactly. 
So now, all right, what is next for Raven Rocks? Because it seems like now you're at a pretty happy place. You've found your identity. You've settled into what makes you happy. But, you know, you get bored easily and there's always new things. So what's coming next? Well, we've got FetishCon coming up. And that is, uh, we've got a bunch of, oh my God, we have so much stuff lined up. Um, we just, we just released a new DVD. Um, it's called, uh, She Melt Scares. It's a DVD that is, um, we're, we, we actually took on some of the, um, some of the most iconic 80s and I guess it'd be some early 90s. Actually, I guess it'd be some of the newest. It's all over the place. It's a spoof. It's actually three different movies. Um, Jason, Freddy, and The Walking Dead. Oh, my yes. God. That is awesome. Yes. And where can yeah. we? Well, we'll have that in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's um, it's it's on. Um, oh, gosh. I, I got rid of the link. It's um, It's on. Is it? DVD Empire. Oh, God. Well, here's what. Send it to us, and we'll put it in the yeah, show, we'll notes, the show so notes later. Everyone who's, who's like, has their cock in their hands right now, like, what is it? Just go to the show notes. It'll be there. You can actually you can actually find it on my Twitter, too. Okay, cool. Very speaking cool. Speaking of which, where which can we... You. I was going to say, speaking of which, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter, and that's on the, the TF Raven Rocks. You can find me on Instagram. That's the uh, Rocks Raven. Um, you can go to my website. That's just Raven Rocks, R-O-X-X. It's ravenrocks.com. Um, I don't cam as much as I used to, but if you can, you can find me on Chatterbait. That was my next question because I love the Chatterbait. Yeah, I, I haven't been doing it as much. That pesky day job keeps getting in the way. And then you can actually find me on many vids too. Okay. Very cool. Oh gosh. I've got like over 50 videos on many vids. Oh, nice. that's awesome. Nice. Well, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much for, for being on the show. Today, yeah. Rachel. For well, taking the time out me. and being so forthcoming about your journey. And uh, there might be a little bit more on our Patreon, but listeners will have to. Yeah, oh, they'll have, they'll have to yeah. get the special Patreon story uh, if in ju- like just a little bit. I think we're going to hear something amazing. Yes, yes. So, All right. So, Raven, thank you so much for being on the show today. And well, thank you. Yeah, like so much. You're you're so fascinating. It's, it's like so great to talk to somebody who's like in the beginning of their career, just getting started with this in adult and all the amazing stuff that you have going on. And thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag Psychicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. 
Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.